Kyle Brandt's Basement is brought to you by Caesar Sportsbook. We're back. I'm here. I'm home. I'm in the basement. It's been a long time, guys. It's great to see you. Thank you for joining. Thank you for clicking. The things that I've seen, the things that I've done, the things that I've eaten, the things that I've drank over the past couple of weeks, you would not imagine. I'm going to try to share some with you today. I've been on vacation. I've been in parts unknown. I've been in galaxies far, far away. I've been to bleeping Disney World. I'm going to tell you about it. It's a wild place, that Disney World. That Walt, a maniac. Rest in peace. We have to talk about Derek Harry's new team. We have to talk about the Combine in a way that is pretty original. If you hate the Combine, I have thoughts on you. And uh, we're going to get into all kinds of things. Takes on takes. All the fun stuff we do here in the basement is back. You're back. I'm back. The crew is back. Let's start the show with what I love, what I hate, and what's hilarious. Start the show. Come on. I love that those quarterback dominoes are falling. Derek Carr, New Orleans Saints. It's a fact, it's happening. Derek Carr's on the Saints. So remember, we got five big ones as I see. You got Carr, you got Jimmy G, you got Daniel Jones, Aaron Rodgers, and you got Lamar Jackson, I'm gonna throw him in there too. Bam, one of the big five, gone. There are four left, Derek Carr is on the Saints. Here's how I feel about it. I think for us, it's kind of fine. It's not the bombast that if he had joined the Jets. It's not the, huh, if he had joined the Panthers. I think it's fine. He's on the Saints. For us, I think it's okay. In terms of the reaction and the media and the fans, okay, cool. I think for him, it's great. Great. Because first of all, a couple things he's never had before. The Saints have a very good defense. He's never had that before. The NFC South quarterbacks are either terrible or inexperienced or both. He's never had that before. So already he's set up really nice. Plays in a dome. Never had that before. Derek Carr's having a day. He's having a great day. Last time we saw him, he was in Las Vegas, refusing to wear the Raiders hat or jacket and showing up for the Pro Bowl, putting on a workout I saw it with my own eyes, it's the coolest he's ever looked. And apparently the New Orleans Saints liked it too, because they said, come on down here. And you know the other factor I like of this? I see the Jets for what they're doing here. I believe the Jets were playing Derek Carr, being in a bar somehow. What I mean by that is, I think the Jets were looking at Derek Carr about, I, I think that she's interested in me and I'm interested in her. But I I'm gonna try to do a few laps and uh, maybe go to the restroom a few times to see if there might be somebody else while I have her on the hook. That's BS. I think their eyes were wandering. I think they still were looking at those big fish, the Lamar, the Rodgers, who the hell knows. Like, yeah, Derek Carr is nice, nice person, everything, we can go home, have some fun. But what if somebody else walks in and they're interested? And Derek Carr said the hell with that. And New Orleans said the hell with that. And then the Jets looked over to Carr, and next thing you knew, he was gone. He's going down to the Big Easy. The Saints wanted Derek Carr, something the Raiders did not. And apparently the Jets did not. They wanted him, they got him, and he set up real nice. Whole ton of money. Some of it's fake, of course, in the headlines. That's not the real money, but he'll be making plenty in a dome, in a really soft division, with a really good defense. Derek Carr, win. Are you fired up about that? It's cool to see a name guy in a new logo and a new colors, but 
It's also a Derek Carr is a strange thing. I was listening to NFL NFL radio on my drive home before the show, and the host on the air was saying, you know, Derek Carr is a guy who has been fairly productive. And I was like, God, that is perfect. You just hit the nail on the head, sir. If Derek Carr's career was to end now, or if he plays a couple decent years with the Saints and then retires or they cut him or trade him, he says that's enough, the name of his book will be Fairly Productive, The Derek Carr Story. That's it. What is he? If he goes to the Saints and they don't do much, or maybe they get to the wild card round and lose, what is the Derek Carr look back on factor? What will you tell your kids about Derek Carr when they ask about him? Will you say, eh, he was kind of like a poor man's Philip Rivers. Normally the first thing out of people's mouths about Derek Carr is, great guy, great guy, great leader, great teammate. Okay, he's never won a playoff game. Got to change that. Sometimes these second acts work out. Sometimes they don't. Even among his contemporaries. Joe Flacco leaves Baltimore. is going to do all these great things now. I wouldn't say the Matt Ryan Indianapolis Colts uh, chapter is going great. You could go down the line like that. I hope Derek Carr does not enter that chapter. That, that sort of world. Because he is a good guy. And he says the right things all the time. And he was done dirty by the Raiders, in a sense. And then he was really cool on the way out and said, screw you guys, I'm going to handle my own career. And now we got a great gig in a great setting. I hope he takes advantage of it. Because when he lines up next year against whoever the hell the Falcons are going to roll out there, whoever the hell the, the Buccaneers, the Panthers, I mean, it's a whole lot of nobody. Who knows what the Panthers are going to end up with or the Buccaneers. But right now, Derek Carr, if we had to play a football game tomorrow, is by far the best quarterback in the NFC South. It's a great day for him. Showed the Raiders what was what, showed the Jets what was what, got a great, great setup. Now go do something with it. Because as much as you are a good guy and apparently a good leader, you haven't cashed it in. Zero skins on the wall. You don't want to end your career like that. Derek Carr, you're a saint. Congratulations. It's not terribly exciting, but it's fun. New logo, new face. Four more big dominoes to go. Four. Got it? Let's go. Let's get to what I hate. I feel like I'm uh, in a support group and I have to come in here and get a cup of coffee in my folding chair and I have to stand up and I have to say, hi, I'm Kyle and I like the NFL Combine. And everyone goes, oh, what? I hate the hate for the Combine, I hate it. If you hate the NFL Combine, I hate you. <laughs> I do. I Listen, I, I'm not saying I'm right. I'm not saying I'm cool or I got the greatest opinion. I like the NFL Combine. I enjoy it. And I know when it started. It started classically. 2006, there was a tight end by the name of Vernon Davis who showed up at the Combine, looked like a He-Man figure, was about 240 pounds, and he was a tight end and he ran a 4-3. And I watched it. And I watched him run and I said, this is the craziest thing I've ever seen. That guy just ran 4-3. He's a tight end. He's huge. Vernon Davis went on to have a great career, of course. And ever since then, I'm in. I'll tell you why. You want to know why I like the Combine? It's got ingredients of several other things that I like. I like Cirque du Soleil. I like professional wrestling. I like watching bodybuilding. And I like American Gladiators. It's all of those things poured into one. Let's be honest, guys. The NFL Combine's a freak show. It's, it's a freak show. You show up, they put the tights on, they throw, they run, they lift, they jump, they press, they broad jump, and then they leave. And you pick them apart and you see who's got this body type and this speed and, 
and this body language. It's uh, it maybe flawed in a lot of ways, but I think it's fascinating theater. I love watching it. I love seeing the guys who run an incredible 40 you don't expect. Oh my God, wow, he ran 4-4-1. I kind of like seeing the guys who run a terrible 40. Oh no, that's not gonna be a good time. 4-8-7 for a wide receiver. It's, it's fascinating. And I like the way that the coverage has evolved. So I've talked for years, we all have, we all feel this way, that golf, especially the Masters on CBS, a tradition like any other, is a fun, tranquil, relaxing, golf TV sport experience that takes you to the spa. The combine is almost a little of that too. I'm watching it and they do that same thing during a lot of the drills where it's you know, Rich Eisen and Daniel Jeremiah and they own, oh, they're, they're a little bit hushed. They're a little bit quiet. Not as quiet as Nance on the 18th green, as reverent necessarily, but the volume is down. It's not like the usual in-season NFL yelling or bellowing. The volume's down. Most of the screen is green. It's a clear, beautiful, sort of surreal atmosphere where they're in an NFL stadium, but the place is not packed. I find it tranquil. I'm much to watch 340s this weekend. I'll just have it on. I like it. I like checking out the times. I like starting to get to learn the players a little bit. How do you hate it so much? I shouldn't ask that question because I know. It's frustrating that so much is dictated by stupid stuff like someone's broad jump. <laughs> I mean, it's really cool they can jump that far. But the Anthony Richardson thing, the Florida quarterback, is really exhibit A why I know a lot of you are frustrated by the combine. Because the guy started 13 games as in college. I think it's 13. The Florida Gators uh, were about 6-6 six and six last year, I think, a 500 team. They lost to Vanderbilt. Anthony Richens was not a prolific quarterback. He did not have all the great completion percentage and all that. And then he shows up to the combine and he jumps really high. And they're like, whoa, number one overall. You have to take this guy. <laughs> I find it hilarious. It, it's like a cartoon. It's ridiculous. And then the, the sort of like uh, offshoot child, stepchild of the combine is, of course, the mock draft which is also insufferable, but completely entertaining. And then they're gonna bring their idiot friend, draft grades, that'll come later. Winners and losers of the combine. I'm a sucker for that stuff. It's breakfast cereal to me, it's sugary, it's easy, it goes down, it's fun to eat. I love it. I'll have it on, I watch it every single year. I can name you all the guys from the old school, Mike Mamula to the John Ross. I mentioned Vernon Davis. These are the combine all-stars, I like it. And Anthony, Anthony Richardson, the Florida quarterback, is now, it's a star is born. A combine star is born when a guy who's 244 pounds runs a 4-4, jumps 40 inches. He'll be talked about for the next 10, 15 years. Remember back in 23 when Anthony Richardson, and he may completely just bum out as a player. Maybe terrible. But I'm telling you, based on running around, he will be drafted top 10. All of these, these, these analytics and background searches and all these brilliant erudite people whose whole job are to evaluate talent. It's almost like, who cares what he did on the actual football field? Did you see what he did in the vertical? Cracks me up. It's, it's satire. It's so overbloated and ridiculous. And yet I just love it. Now, I've never been to the combine. I've never visited Indianapolis and I never want to ever. I don't want to. That is, I've been to the draft. I've been to the Super Bowl, those, not to brag, I just, my job gets to go, gets to take me to those places. 
I don't want to go to the comic because all I ever hear is it's about schmoozing and texting and getting numbers and this coach is here, but this GM is here and this owner is here. And, oh, I heard Mike Tomlin was at this restaurant, but Jerry Jones is at this one. Every vibe I get from the Combine in Indianapolis experience is that it leads the league in conversations you have when the person you're talking to is looking over your shoulder at someone else in the room to talk to you that's better. I hate that kind of hang, and I think that is Combine to a T. I don't want that part of it all. When the, those tight ends are running 40s, when the linemen are running 40s, when the bench press test is coming up, I love it. I love it. It's kind of like the, the CrossFit games. You ever watch those maniacs? Except these are going to be people that we watch for hours every Sunday for years to come. How do you not love the combine? If you want to fault it, that it is way too heavily valued and that it is sort of wrong to be analyzing these athletes in their underwear, you go ahead and have that take. I like watching them run around and throw and jump. I like watching great athletes perform, and that's what they do at the Combine. It's a circus? Sure. Pro wrestling? Absolutely. I like those things. I like the Combine. Let's talk about what's hilarious. Went to Disney World. Went to Disney World. Disney World's hilarious for 50 different reasons. Now, uh, Brief up to speed is uh, I, we, my family and I used to live in California when our kids were really young. So we were, as we call it, classically trained on Disneyland. And that's, that's the, the holy place. And that's where it all started in Anaheim. And that's where the real deal started. And then Walt Disney said, you know what? We can go way bigger than this. Let's get some cheap land in Florida. We can skirt some taxes and just blow this thing out. And that was 50 years ago they did that. 50 year celebration at Disney World been there many times we go to Disney World now every year um, the whole family a wife and the two kids and every year I'm, I'm amused by something else um, it's always fascinating to me how unapologetic Disney World is about their prices and what they charge in that in one hand they're saying when you wish upon a star it, it makes no difference who you are your dreams can come true it's a wonderful place it's the happiest place on earth but then you just get this 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 family who's whole years based around this one trip and they come up and they just tax the hell out of them and charge the hell out of them for tickets and concessions and everything it is so expensive like an entry-level hotel room at an entry-level hotel is shockingly expensive and they just they say screw it makes no difference who you are i guess not everyone just pays so that's not the hilarious part that's just the every year part Two things, here's my takeaway, two things from the 2023 Brandt Family Disney World trip. Uh, they got a new boss in town in terms of the best ride at the resort. Now, if you've been to Disney World, if you're gonna go, maybe you went as a kid, maybe you go as a parent, you got takes on all the rides, we all do. Let me tell you this, the best ride at the Disney World Resort, I'm not talking about one of the little theme parks, I'm talking about the whole thing is the Guardians of the Galaxy ride. It is new within the last year, and it's a game changer. The game doesn't change in the roller coaster world, my friends. The game has changed in Disney World. I was skeptical. Everyone said, Guardians of the Galaxy is gonna be incredible. You gotta go on this ride. You won't believe it, you won't believe it. I'm like, eh, hold on. Let me judge for myself. I've been on Thunder Mountain 50 times when I was a kid, an adult, I do space money. I do How good could it be? The game's changed. None of those roller coasters are even in the same world as Guardians of the Galaxy. And I'm not gonna give it away completely, 
but you go in and there's incredible thematic uh, line waiting experience where they perform this magic trick where you can't even understand how you get transported from one place to another, and then you get on this roller coaster. You will not believe the things that they do with this thing. They, they just decided, never mind all the conventions of roller coasters, we're tired of those. This is gonna be truly something in the future. There is a pop music factor to it. There is a different pop music song every time you ride it. I know, because I wrote it twice, I heard two different songs, and one of them was Everybody Wants to Rule the World, like Tears for Fears, it was bringing the house down. At some point, you don't necessarily always go forward. At some point, you don't necessarily just sit in your cart. Great ride, great ride. And you wanna know the biggest loser in the Guardians of the Galaxy ride? Space Mountain. Step aside, Gramps. There's a new boss in town. Guardians of the Galaxy takes everything that Space Mountain has done well for decades, wildly improves it, and then adds a bunch of new things that just dunk on that old grandpa. I'm telling you, in the Disney parlance, Space Mountain is Woody, and Guardians of the Galaxy is Buzz Lightyear. Strange things are happening, right? Like Woody's like, get the hell out of here. I'm getting the Buzz Lightyear bed sheets. I'm getting the uh, Guardians of the Galaxy uh, fast pass and Genie Lane and all that stuff that they get. It is awesome. It is truly, truly awesome. Second story. So I've always been a little puzzled with the Disney character interactions. It makes me a little uncomfortable. And I know the reason why. So when you're sitting at the character breakfast or you run into one on like one of the little streets in the parks, when you run into Goofy, or you run into the Chip and Dale or whoever, it's always a little strange because the characters don't speak. They're these massive, larger-than-life characters with these giant heads and all these gesticulation, and, and they don't speak. So you run into Mickey, and you know, meanwhile, you watch Mickey's show, he never shuts up, blah, 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 blah. And then your kids meet him, <laughs> He has nothing to say, which forces you as a parent to sort of just jump in and like have to broker the conversation like you're at an annoying bad cocktail party or something. Hi, Mickey, this is my son. Say hi. Oh, he wants a high five. And Mickey's just miming his butt off and those people are all trained to the gills. I get it. But it always is a little weird that they don't speak. Why would Goofy not speak when he's just this bumbling maniac for the whole movie and show that you spent all these years watching to get there and then you meet him, nothing. But I'll tell you what, we had the coolest character interaction at Disney World that I've ever had. And I'll tell you this. So uh, my nine-year-old son, way into the Star Wars world, like his father, way into it. And we've been watching The Mandalorian now for a couple of years and he loves it and we're getting into the new season. So he's got the Mandalorian gear and Mandalorian posters and just all the stuff. So we go to Star Wars World, Galaxy's Edge, which is in Hollywood Studios. And we're walking, just entering the park. And I go, oh my God, look over there. And probably 50 yards around the corner, I can see that the Mandalorian is making the rounds. And we go hit him up. And my son immediately gets really nervous. And you know what? I got really nervous because this is not walking up to Pluto or, I don't know, Daisy Duck. This is the Mandalorian with the, with the helmet and he's got the, the blaster on his side. He's got the cool boots. He's got the cape. He's got Grogu, an interactive speaking Grogu, Baby Yoda, on his hip. So this guy is working it. And we go up, bring up the pictures. I got the pictures. 
That's my son wearing his sweet Justin Jefferson jersey. And that's Mando and that's Grogu. And in the picture, you can see Calvin, my son, is wearing his Mandalorian hat, like his cap. And man, see what I love about Mando? He talks. He's not like Goofy who's just sitting there doing the, this type of crap. He actually speaks. And the voice comes out and it sounds like Pedro. It sounds awesome. And in this picture, he's going, oh, look at that, Grogu. And he points at the hat. He talks to Grogu a lot. And he'll be like, Grogu, I don't know if this atmosphere is safe. And that cool Mandalorian voice. I don't know if they got some sort of filter or something, but it sounds just like it. And what I loved about the Mandalorian He's not posing for photos. This was a candor that I just caught as he was pointing the hat. He will not put his arm around you. He will not stand there with you and your family and do this because he's deeply in character. He's like checking out the scenery and ready if he might have to throw down or like get on the Razor Crest or whatever he's flying at the time and get out of there. It was really cool. I was genuinely intimidated to walk up to him because again, you kind of got to facilitate. Bring up the next picture. Um, oh yeah, and we finally got Calvin to smile. So I kind of had to be like, Hey, I said something pathetic. I was so nervous. It's like, hey, Mando, uh, Calvin is a fan of yours. I don't even know what I said. So I, I did call, I did address him as Mando, though, like I was Carl Weathers. It felt kind of cool. And then he took the picture. But I've done a thousand of those interactions with Minnie Mouse and Clarabelle, you name it. Mandalorian was the coolest one by far. Costume's absolutely perfect. The performer was perfect. The voice was perfect. The Grogu was perfect. Calvin nervous. I was nervous. The rest of my wife and daughter didn't want to go near it. They were so nervous. See how people are giving him space? He had an aura about him. If you were a Star Wars fan, and I, I came to find out that it was only the, like the second or third day that Mandalorian was doing what they call the crowd work. Because season three is coming out, so they got him out there. This is new. No one was mobbing him. It wasn't like Mickey Mouse. There wasn't 50 different handlers pulling Mandalorian around. No one was mobbing him because he was intimidating as hell. And the uniform was amazing, and the presence was amazing. I feel like I was really in the. I was felt like it was the real Mandalorian. I really did. I believed. When you wish upon a star, it makes no difference who you are. You believe in the Mandalorian. So whoever you are, the Mando, uh, I loved you. Grogu loved you. Thank you. Great memory for my son, Justin Jefferson. I hope you enjoyed it too. You were repped, uh, and it was hilarious. It wasn't hilarious. It was it was intimidating as hell. But guys, you Star Wars fans, you Mandalorian fans, if you even get to Disney World, find that guy. He is so cool. He won't post for a picture with you, but if you jump in and do it right, you can get it. That's what's hilarious. You know what's always hilarious? How do you go from that to this? That's what we do here in the basement. It's time for Takes on Takes, my friends. Let's go. Looking to reduce the fees for your restaurant deliveries? Dash Pass by DoorDash is the easiest way to unlock savings on your latest cravings on every eligible order. Dash Pass is a membership from DoorDash that offers unlimited $0 delivery fees from thousands of eligible restaurants, grocery stores, and convenience stores. Once you join, you'll save on each eligible order and receive DoorDash credits back on all pickup orders. That means more money back in your wallet. It's not just savings on restaurant deliveries, flowers, pet supplies, groceries. Dash Pass has so much more to save on than just your favorite meals. Get what you want, when you need it, without any upfront commitments. You'll have the ability to cancel your membership at any time with no hidden or additional fees. Get 50% off up to a $20 value on your next DashPass order when you sign up for a membership and redeem BASEMENT at checkout. That's 50% off your first DashPass order up to a $20 value with BASEMENT. When you've got zero delivery fees, you're free to get more because you can. Start your free month trial today. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? 
That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I can't stand meeting the characters normally. I really can't. It's, it's one of the things that makes my skin crawl about Disney World. But takes on takes. This is where we have numbers. I got a nine, I got a six, I got a three, and we have takes. And we judge these takes instantly and we pit them against each other. We judge them based on delivery, creativity, and just a little bit of heat is what we like in our takes. Our combatants today, Stephen A. Smith versus Mike Greenberg. Who knew? Stephen A. Smith on ESPN's first take, who comes in with a five and eight record. Not good. Uh, 13 appearances for Stephen A, a 7.07 average score. But Stephen A comes in with a take, oh man, that he has uh, maybe reached a point of exhaustion in covering Aaron Rodgers. Go ahead, sir. I'm really excited about it, too. Hey, Bart Scott, Stephen A, he's a bad man. That's your boy. Woo. See what you did? You created a monster, Stephen A. You created a monster. Huh? Were you having a nightmare? Oh. I took a nap. <laughs> I took a nap. I'm uh, you fatigued? I'm just so I'm so sick. You know, he's absolutely right. You know, tune it out. We cover sports. We you have can't. to talk about him. We can't tune out one of the best quarterbacks who ever played the game. Yeah. But my God, I <laughs> wish we could. I'm so sick and tired of talking about everything about Aaron Rodgers but winning. One of the great – I'm on a record. Yeah. Outside of Patrick Mahomes, and that's only because of recently. Outside of Patrick Mahomes, the greatest talent from the quarterback position I've ever seen in my life. And I, a guy that I like personally. Yeah. But I am so sick and tired. I would be embarrassed if folks are talking about me this much when I haven't won. <laughs> Let me ask you a question. I don't give a damn what it is. I got an issue if – I'm an executive for a franchise you represent. Yeah. And we're trying to make a decision about you. And I haven't spoken to you, but you on podcast. <laughs> you was on Pat McAfee's uh, a show weeks ago before you went dark, literally. Yep. And now you back and you on another podcast. So let me get this straight. How difficult it, listen, there are people we speak to. Molly, you've been all over the world knowing you. You got friends in Europe. I have uh, not I mean, been all over listen, the world. Listen, it ain't hard for That's you. It ain't hard for you to get on the phone with I somebody. Wish I was. Yes. It ain't somebody, I know you wish. I've it been ain't, right it ain't here. hard. But it ain't hard, damn it. I mean, listen, it's you're doing podcasts, but you can't even have a phone call with each other. The, the Green it, Bay is it goes, the, it, it goes listen, both ways. The, and, and, let's, and let's bring up Matt LaFleur, too. And he's pathetic, yeah. too. I mean, all of them, all of them are staying in all of this. It's just a melodrama. And it ain't just Aaron Rodgers' fault. It's Gudekin's fault. It's Matt LaFleur's fault. Yeah. So as I said, LaFleur, <laughs> LaFleur. I said, LaFleur, the bottom line is, once again, news for everything but yeah. winning. Gutekunst got me. LaFleur <laughs> is pathetic. It's good. It's really good. He speaks for a lot of people. And I think he really hit the nail on the head when he said, I understand we have to cover him because he's so good and we talk about sports. But my God, I am so sick of it. That was really good. Um, am I det- what am I detracting from it? 
Not much. Maybe a tad long. Those, I always find it funny when those, when guys like Stephen A. get going. Like, Bart Scott kind of doesn't know what to do. Like, when do I get in? When, I'm supposed to talk now, but he's still going. I like that Molly got some love, and she's like, I've never been around the world. I'm just sitting here right here doing first take. She always is when we run their clips. Um, do I give that a 7 or an 8? I'm going to give it an 8. I, it, there's not a lot of clips that we run where I'm openly laughing. And he did the sleeping thing with the snore. He didn't really elevate it to the 20th level by doing the wee, 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 but he might maybe next time. It was good. It cracked me up. It was funny. It was appropriate. And sometimes those kind of look, those kind of takes are looked down upon. Like, hey, it's your job to talk about it. You should be interested. No, it's my job to be authentic. At least it's my job. And I'm trying to be entertaining as well. And if the best way to do that is to identify with the people and pretend like I'm sleeping because we have to talk about whatever next Aaron Rodgers quote is about... Uh, this decision is coming soon. I think more people feel that way than would want an earnest segment about what do we think about these quotes. So Stephen A gets an eight. Guess whose competition is? I already mentioned it. Mike Greenberg. Mike Greenberg's only been on takes on takes twice. He has a one-on-one record and a 7.5 average, which would get him a loss today because Stephen A showed up with an eight. Mike Greenberg, who is a Jets fan, is on ESPN's Get Up, and he talks about the possibility of Rodgers. Oh man, more Rodgers. Talks about the possibility of Rodgers on the Jets and gets an assist from Ryan Clark. Let's watch this one. I've thought long and hard about this, about what I can do to try and make this happen. I need to put some karma into the world. I, I, wearing a green jacket is not nearly enough. So here's what I'm going to do. Are you ready? Yep. RC, if Aaron Rodgers will come to the Jets... I will go do the darkness retreat that he just did last week. I will spend three days or whatever it is in the dark. I will sit there in the dark, sensory deprivation. I'll go to Oregon if I have to. I've been to Oregon. I, I, I will go there and, 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 and I, so I, 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 will go, I will do the Greedy. darkness retreat, RC, if Aaron Rodgers if, will come to the Jets. If, How about that? If, you, if, if this is something that you are willing to uphold, Yes. I will talk about Aaron Rodgers every single segment of this show. The man who eats pizza with a fork and a knife. The man who has to wear red bottoms every single morning on the show. Mm -hmm. The man who has never a day in his life done any hard manual labor. Who is one of, if not the scariest people I have ever been around is going to go sit in the dark, dark, eat one time a day by himself without Stace anywhere near. Or the dog. Ain't no way. Ain't no way. I'm, I'm doing it. Bet I'm in. It. I'm in. You're in. Are you ready? I will talk. Let's, we can talk I'm about in. Aaron Rodgers as much as you want then. Okay. Perfect. So we have a deal. I'm Aaron, if you're watching, I, I don't know if it, I don't know why it would matter to Aaron that I'll go do the darkness retreat. <laughs> he's not, I don't think he's, 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 he's not, he doesn't own the darkness retreat to the best of my knowledge. Uh, but Nobody one way or owns another, darkness. I will do it. All right. Uh, Clark was great in that. Uh, Greenberg, absolutely fine. I just, I, I wonder, is, does it happen if Rodgers goes to the Jets He'll have to do it, and they'll play forward the bit. The problem is, I've always thought about this since the story came up. It's something that someone on a wacky morning radio show would do, but you can't really document it. Like, you really, you can't have any cameras in there. You can't have microphones. You just have the person going in and then coming out. 
So it's not terribly TV or radio friendly, but I like him putting out there like that. Uh, you know what I like more? I like uh, Stephen A saying that he just straight up going to sleep and doesn't want to talk about it. I'll give it a five to Stephen A, or rather to, uh, to Greenberg and Ryan Clark. Uh, I saw it, I heard it, many people have thought, man, what if I did the darkness retreat? I want to try it. Um, and if he does join the Jet, the Jets, we'll see if he follows up on it. But until then, and that will upgrade the score by far, but Stephen A was going to win this one, falling asleep on the air, and then just going on a really eloquent monologue about how he just can't stand this crap anymore. He gets the win. That makes Stephen A 6-8. and eight. <laughs> We're climbing up there, buddy. We're going to get there soon. I watched the Super Bowl with Stephen A. It was a surreal experience. Let's get to what's always a surreal experience. It's where we get made aware of some of the headlines I might have missed or just didn't choose to talk about. It's called Brant Awareness with Michael Flynn. Let's go. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Hello, Flynn. How are you? I'm doing great, Kyle. How are you doing? Uh, what did you think about my thoughts on um, the Guardians of the Galaxy ride? And did you ride it? I did ride the Guardians of the Galaxy ride. I am in complete agreement with you. I've never been on a ride that awesome. It's just the greatest ride that I've ever been on. Again, you won't do any spoilers, but you're right. The things it does to you, and also it's smooth. All the roller coasters yeah. that are new are smooth. Um, you said you wrote it twice. You got Everybody yep. Wants to Rule the World. What What was your other song? Uh, I don't know what the name of the song is. It's like, a, it's it's um, it's on every wedding playlist, and it's like, da -da -da, da -da -da. Oh, what is you, that? You got, you got September by Earth, Wind, and Fire. Is that what that is? Yeah. Th that's that. what that get? is. I, I got I Ran by Flock of Seagulls. Oh! And, and yeah. it was great. I can't imagine being on that ride with a different song. It seemed like that was the perfect song for that ride. Well, I thought the Earth, Wind & Fire was perfect too. And, uh, you know, the idea with Guardians of the Galaxy is Star-Lord wears his, like, headphones and his uh, Walkman. He listens to that kind of music. So I just, I just thought that's the song they picked for the ride, the Earth, Wind & Fire. So when we got on the second time, and then they started the Tears for Fears. I was like, oh, sweet. And yeah. someone explained to me, I think, I hope I don't have this wrong. It's, it's the song is based on which car you sit in in the little train. So it's the same song. Like, let's say you were in the back seat every time. It's always Tears for Fears there or whatever it is, I think. But it's this oh, is just the music of the ride. Not even yeah. any of the ride itself. They basically, in the middle of the ride, you're saying, I didn't know they could do that. <laughs> what the hell is this? And it's just awesome, just so great. In incredible, we went there on our, Epcot was the last park we visited, so many great rides Same. before that, and then that just blows it out of the water, so great. 
Yeah, some friends of mine went to Epcot first, and they would like. I think the first ride of their Disney trip was Guardians of the Galaxy, which is not a good strategy because no. it's like then you have the opening bands after that. If you're gonna go to Disney, save Guardians for the end. Yep, agree 100%. Epcot is my favorite park, and I also think it should be the last park you go. You can drink around the world, the kids can have a good yeah. time, it's, it's a good one. And now Guardians just makes it so much better. Uh, let's get into the headlines, shall we? All right. Uh, let's start with our boss, the man who keeps the lights on in the basement, Peyton Manning, has a new show on the History Channel called History's Greatest of All Time. Each episode has a panel of 100 experts choosing the 10 greatest of all time in a particular category, and one that's making the rounds right now is their ranking of stadiums, which is interesting. You'll remember our last dartboard roulette, you said that mm. Oracle Park, the Giants Stadium, was your favorite yeah. non-football stadium. Rankings based on stats, innovation, and legacy, you see the top 10 list here. Some interesting things on there. What do you think, Kyle? Well, I was trying to pay attention to what you were saying about the criteria because, all right, Yankee Stadium won the Roman Coliseum. <laughs> two, wait, the Yankee Stadium beats the Roman Coliseum with like the Tigers and the Gladiators and Caesar and all that. Madison Square Garden. Here's the things that jump out to me. It, are you trying to go, if you were to make a list of what are the coolest stadiums, like modern stadiums or best concessions or nicest, then that's a totally different list. But I think you said it's kind of like history and impact. Like, I, I'm sorry, to, I'm going to piss people off when I say this, but Fenway Park at number four. Like, Fenway is a dump. Like, it's, it's an old, beautiful, great place, but it's not nice in any way. It's, it's not super comfortable, and they've tried to modernize it, I guess, but it's not a great place. Um, Comiskey Park. All right, so not only does he not have Wrigley, he has Comiskey, which is the White Sox Park, which is very strange. The Wrigley is the one that jumps out to me, I think. But also, like, Wrigley is a dump. It's not a nice ballpark. No matter how much they've gentrified the surroundings, it's just really fun, and the history is there. And, like, I don't know if people know, like, the Bears used to play there. Like, Gale Sayers was running around at Wrigley Field for the Bears. So I would think that would have to be on there. Um, Superdome, I, I, the lights went out in the middle of the Super Bowl. Doesn't that get it kicked out of the top ten? It's sort of a sort of a scar on the Superdome's legacy. But then, I guess the post-Katrina thing is really uplifting with the Superdome. My takeaway is it's a good list, because I find myself vamping on it. Um, LA Coliseum, been there many times. It's... it's Pretty cool, I guess. I, I don't know if it's only three slots below the Roman Coliseum. Um, that's all, I, I don't know. What am I missing, Flynn? I, I could talk about this list for an hour. No, it, it's a good list. Want to make it clear? It's not Peyton's list. Peyton hosts the show. Yeah. Uh, it's a hundred experts and the criteria again: stats, innovation, and legacy. I thought the same thing as you, especially since you're from Chicago. Uh, how do you not have Wrigley on there? The actual first shot of the entire episode was a drone shot of Wrigley Field. Um, mm. But they explained Comiskey. It was the first stadium to use concrete and steel. Uh, it held more okay. than people than any other stadium. It also had hosted the Black Sox scandal. It hosted that crazy disco demolition night. Uh, though I can't get, maybe it's because I'm a jaded Mets fan. I can't get behind Yankee Stadium at number one, whether it was the old one, whether it was the new one, like Fenway. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's a dump. I get that there's history there, but like the, the Yankees are the history. The stadium isn't. Uh, that's not number one by any stretch of the imagination to me. You know what they need to do? They need to do the list of the worst stadiums. Sling some mud, Flynn. What's a terrible stadium you've been to? I got one. 
Ooh, uh, they've mostly been torn down. Veterans Stadium was the Phillies' old one, was an absolute <laughs> dump. Uh, the yeah. National, the Nationals, before they got their new stadium, played an RFK Ooh. stadium, which had like puddles in the outfield all the time. Uh, more of the older ones. I can't think of any new. Honestly, the one new one I can't stand is Yankee Stadium because it's a carbon mm. copy of the old one, just worse. Uh, what's your bad one? Well, I, I never got to go. To, I never saw a Raiders game at the Oakland Coliseum, but the stories about that are legendary. That there was just it would just drip on you in the locker room, and they played on half a baseball field, which is hilarious. Uh, more recently, I saw a game at, at FedEx Field not too long ago. The what used to be called the Redskins, their stadium, rough, <laughs> rough, not not great, uh, parking not ideal. So not, not the best stadium experience I've had. But they should do that list next because it'll get just as many responses. Great job, Peyton, though. It's a great show. You can tune in. New episodes air Monday nights at 10, 9 central on the History Channel. Tonight, everybody watch. That's our guy. Yeah. Uh, moving on, some sad news. On Friday, Tom Sizemore passed away at the age of 61 of a brain aneurysm. Kyle, I know he was a star of many of your favorite movies from the 90s. We received a voicemail over the weekend from a fellow fan. I want you oh, to yeah. take a listen. All right. Nice tattoo, Dean. Oh, you like that pepper song? Bleep you. <laughs> no, man. Hey, KB. This is J.D. Jeff from Denver. And, um, you know, I just wanted to say a little thing about old Tom Sizemore. Um, like you, I've seen, like, I don't know, probably 90% of his movies, uh, from Blue Steel to Saving Private Ryan. And, uh, I don't know, I kind of grew up watching this guy, and it's sad to see him go. I know he had all his issues with uh, domestic things and the drugs, but uh, what a great actor, great actor, man. And uh, I just kind of wanted to celebrate the guy, you know. One of my favorite movies from his was Strange Days, a really cool movie from 1995 that stars Ray Fiennes and Juliette Lewis, and he plays this uh, friend to uh, to a ex-cop. Uh, he does a great job in that. Um, I don't see many people talking about that movie, but it's pretty good. Natural Born Killers, of course, another awesome one. I've had you from the start, Mickey, you phony. Yeah, pretty good stuff, man. So anyway, just wanted to celebrate him and, uh, you know, He's a, he's a pretty cool, pretty great, great actor, all right? Hey, I roll with you, Neil, whatever. No, not this time, Michael. You're on your own. See, for me, Neil, the action is the juice. <laughs> all right, man. Have a good day. Later. <laughs> this is a great call, and it's a great point. You think I like this hair, man? You think I like these clothes? Um, <laughs> that's great. Tom Sizemore, if you don't know who he is, you Google him, you're like, oh, that guy. Like, you'll immediately know who he is because he's been in a thousand things. He passed away, and I will compartmentalize. I know he had a lot of demons and certainly had some things he ran into off the screen, completely on the screen. If I were to make a list of my 10 favorite movies, I think Tom Sizemore's in half of them. And he made every single one of them better, whether he had 20 scenes or one scene. He was a guy who, when he came on screen in the 90s, you're like, yeah, hell yes. I love this scene. He's not in a bad scene. And we were, we were talking, the, the thing I like this hair, man, is from Point Break. I think it's probably the first time I saw him. He has effectively one scene in maybe 60 seconds of screen time in the entire movie that is dominated by Swayze and Busey and Keanu. And you remember it immediately because he just came in and just crushes the scene. There's two keys, uncut, slaps it against the wall. Just tell me one thing, tell me one thing, smart guy. How were these guys robbing Tarzana City National Bank on August 2nd when they were in Fort Bleepin' Lauderdale August 2nd? Why don't you tell me that? It's not an easy thing to do, is it, Utah? Just a great scene. And Sizemore is fantastic in it. 
Um, you go from there, and you... Passenger 57, a really corny action movie that I love, he's good in. True Romance, just unbelievable. He and Chris Penn as the cops, hilarious. Again, another one of my top five, top ten favorite movies. Natural Born Killers, you mentioned Jack Scagnetti, who wrote a book called Scagnetti on Scagnetti. Heat, the action is the juice. Like, these are the big movies, guys. Saving Private Ryan, he gets shot at the end. Ah, oh, I just got the wind knocked out of me. Remember when he runs out of bullets and he throws the helmet at the German soldier? That's Tom Sizemore. Even in a, a movie, um, Enemy of the State, he plays a gangster and he gets in Will Smith's face. Just great. Really, really great. Um, he was never going to be the leading man, but he just brought, he brought heat, so to speak, and intensity to every role. If you're watching a movie where there's a Tom Sizemore scene or two or three or four, I bet you're loving that movie. It was really cool. He's one of those guys who had a real specific era who just dominated in, in a very specific role. He was like on a basketball team, a guy who would give you, you know, 12, 15 minutes of court time, but he'd get you six rebounds and he'd get you six points and like a couple really good assists. And you're like, oh, that guy's great. A lot of hustle, a lot of intensity, just awesome. So, um, Kids these days don't know them, don't follow them, it's fine. Um, this wiki page, personal life, personal life is just all over the map. But uh, I have a lot of great memories of being in the movie theater and on my couch just watching Tom Sizemore just kick ass in movies. Started with Point Break and I followed him many times after that. So sorry to see him gone. I will miss him uh, on the screen, Flynn. He's such a good actor. I wish you could see the list of things I have him here on that I loved him in because you hit pretty much every one. I have Saving Private yeah. Ryan dash helmet yeah. throwing scene. I have True Romance with Chris with Chris Penn. Uh, the two that you didn't mention, Black Hawk Down, uh, great as well. I also remember a movie way back in the day that I saw when I was young, Curtain Souls, that starred a young Robert Downey Jr. that I remember Sizemore having a very emotional role in, and he was great at that too. Uh, <laughs> really? t- yeah. I don't remember that. Uh, yeah, he played a ghost who, like, needed to finish his unfinished business on earth and he did uh weird movie i haven't seen it in a very long time uh maybe it's worth a rewatch but uh yeah he will be missed and gone way too young 61 is way too young yeah black hawk down is a perfect pull if you need a guy just being camouflaged and have sunglasses and yell things like roll out like that's Tom Sizemore's the guy. He was also, uh, like, he shows up in Pearl Harbor, I think. Yeah. And I think he's trying to shoot down a Japanese bomber with a shotgun. <laughs> like, that was just him, just going for it. He's the guy in Heat who, like, he takes a child to try to be a yeah. human shield to escape the bank robbery. Like, just ruthless as hell, but always 100% in. I'll end with this. The best moment he has in Heat is when they're at the diner with Wayne Grow and they know they're going to kill him out in the parking lot. And, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Macaulay starts bashing Wayne Grow's head into the table. And naturally, one of the other diners is like, what's going on over there? And Sizemore, without saying anything, just goes like this. And he looks at him, and the guy's like, never mind, and looks back. Yep. And that's now a gif that comes up sometimes. And that, like, that's acting, and that's presence, and that's Tom Sizemore. Yeah, I saw that GIF so many times over the weekend. Uh, yeah. Finally, on a, on a lighter note, let's switch it over to the XFL. Orlando Guardians quarterback Quentin Dormady has been accused of giving his team's playbook to the opposing team. The team released Dormady on Friday before the league reinstated him the next day, saying they would do a full investigation of the whole incident. Kyle, what do you make of this? You got to help me. <laughs> we have a caper here. So... Did he give the playbook after he was cut, or he was cut because he gave the playbook? 
They're not sure. It appears he was cut because he's accused of giving the playbook. But then the league said, hold up, we're going to do a full investigation, so don't cut him quite yet. But it was a whole 24-hour period where they announced that they cut him. Both he and his stats were removed from the team's website, and now they are back on the team's (laughs) website. So we will have to do a part two in Brent Awareness later in the week. All right. The the question is going to revolve around one thing in any crime that you need. What's our motive here? (laughs) What, What was... Was there something going on where he needed them to succeed and maybe there was money involved? Like, what's, why would he give the other team his playbook? That's got to be the only thing, right? I don't know what other yeah. scenario would make him do that. And that's a big swing. Yeah, yes. <laughs> um, I will say that I like that the XFL has got some juice. I saw uh, that Josh Gordon's out there making plays and like walk-off style and there's some action and, of course, The Rock is involved. So... You know, we've been trying to do this thing with the XFL for over 20 years now, and it comes and goes, and then COVID showed up, but I like that it's back. I like that it has juice. Look, if there's a quarterback giving his playbook, allegedly, to the other team, and we got some sort of drama about it, that's like a movie scene. And maybe the coach will be played by Tom Sizemore, but he's gone now, and it pisses me off. We will be keeping tabs on the XFL in the offseason, believe you me, Flynn. Is that all you got? Did we empty the bag? That's all I got. I can tag that conversation with the QB1 on the Guardians roster is now Paxton Lynch. Oh, no way. The heir apparent to Peyton Manning on the Denver Broncos, six foot seven. All right, well, Paxton, go get it. He had a cool mustache for a while, and it did not work out in the NFL, but that's what the XFL is there for. Flynn, we'll see you tomorrow. Appreciate you. I'm going to go throw a dart for my Tom Sizemore memories. Here we go. Let's see what the topic will be. Let's see if we cooked up any new topics over the vacation. Oh, I flirted with the bullseye and hit a seven. I think that's a, I think that's a black seven. What do we got? Topic number seven is how I'll end the show. That's a football movie. Um, you know, it's when you start talking about best sports movies in general, you tend to go to baseball. So you start talking about Major League or The Natural or things like that. I will say from the get-go, I have one massive gap in my um, football movie consumption. I have never sat through and watched from start to finish The Longest Yard. And I'm talking about the Burt Reynolds one. I never sat through and watched the Adam Sandler one either. But my favorite football movie is The Program. Uh, 1993. I love that movie, but it's not like some great work of art. Um, people say that The Longest Shard with Burt Reynolds is incredible and really like put football movies on the map. So I will defer to the opinion that I've heard from many people. I think Josh Allen was in here talking about The Longest Yard. Um, I know Bill Simmons loves it and I respect his opinion. So I'll say The Longest Yard. Other than that, like what are we even talking about? I guess Remember the Titans gets a lot of love. I don't love it as much as everybody else does. Any Given Sunday is not in the conversation. Do you consider Jerry Maguire a football movie? I don't. It's got only brief football scenes in it. I'm not a huge fan of The Replacements for a lot of different reasons. So I'll just defer to some other opinions and say it's The Longest Yard. But my favorite is The Program, starring Craig Sheffer um, and the late James Conn. Guys, that's it. We're back. We, We landed the plane. I think we talked about all kinds of crazy stuff today. The shows are supposed to be maybe getting shorter in the offseason. This will not jive with that directive. So love you, overlords, bosses, helpers, producers, everything. We will do our best tomorrow. But until then, goodbye from the basement. Miss you. Love you. Exit through the garage. It's right over there. and Close the door on your way out.